one of the main issues I've had in this role is just explaining to prospects who are coming in exactly what we do. We don't sell email. We sell customer retention and we use email for that. Email is like a hammer. Hammers don't build houses, carpenters build houses, and they build houses using tools. When we think about outbound retention, the way it's working is performance, persistence, and reach. Performance, send a message today, get a result today. Persistence, send a year worth of impressions, serve a year worth of impressions and affect the repurchase rate over that year. And then reach, which is cast the widest audience you possibly can. It's like a three-legged stool, and that's what we're trying to balance over time. Is 2023 the year you launch the merch store for your brand? If you're looking for a new revenue line and a way to increase brand loyalty and LTV, you might want to consider it, especially when there's players out there like Printful that make it easy to build your brand's line of merch without any of the operational headaches of inventory management or stock forecasting. Printful's product options run the gamut from socks to hoodies to home decor and everything super high quality with printing options that will look amazing with your brand's design on it. If you've got merch on the mind in 2023, think Printful and go to printful.com slash enterprise to start creating today. It's all killer, no filler. I'm Eric Dick. This is the D2C Podcast, and I am here with the head of retention uh, email SMS at Pilot House, Jordan Gordon. Welcome to the podcast, Jordan. Uh, on a recent, our last podcast, we discussed this concept of switching from low fidelity buckshot segments when you're sending to more sniped segments where you're really sniping in on purchase intent. Uh, I wanted you to come back and report on it. And how is how is this going? Yeah, okay. So uh, we, we um, tried it on a bunch of different accounts. Um, <clears throat> first of all, all the click-through rates went up. So like if you're, summarize if you're suffering it. from- Just summarize it for everyone quickly in case they didn't listen to the last podcast about buckshot versus sniper. Uh, you know, if you've got a really long- uh, really long intent window. Some people do like 180 days up to something like that. It's not even an intent window. It's an engagement window because there's no way you're, it's probably not six months of intent unless it's maybe like a really expensive car that they're purchasing. Intent is probably more like a couple months, right? Um, so if you're doing these really long windows and you're putting in less leads into kind of the bucket uh, because maybe you're being tighter on your ad spend in 2023, that means, you know, you're kind of, especially if you're doing two messages a week for, for six months, you're going to be driving some of those leads away before, before they would purchase. So we moved to a model where we do a shorter window, a couple months, and still, me- still message people outside of that two months, but, but it's just a, a slightly less um, frequency outside of that kind of intent window. You want less collateral damage. If you're shooting buckshot, you're gonna get some collateral damage. You're gonna send some people off your list who yeah. didn't wanna be there rather than you with snipers, they get the job done. We were just in this environment of like low cost of capital, free money, plentiful leads, right? And so this is really about kind of a, uh, a mindset change of, of what is a lead to us, you know? Uh, so look, some accounts, some accounts, it's been great and, and we're still there. Some accounts we shifted back and it all has to do, you know, with um, kind of like a, the repurchase cycle. And so I'm, I'm now the, the new research I'm doing on this is, is um, you know, my, my guess is that accounts will be more successful with this tighter intent window um, if there is, this is technical, but like a, if the people who have purchased say three times in a year is very close to people who purchased two, times in a year, meaning like there's this, you know, repeat purchasers will be plentiful. And this will be like a highly consumable product. 
well, okay, then the, the lower number of messages sent will actually probably affect uh, sales more because, you know, uh, it's very per, a per, very performance-based business. Whereas if there's a longer cycle there, and so to get from two to three is a longer window, then probably it's more persistence-based and you want to send more kind of more educational messaging, uh, et cetera. So anyway, bottom line, a bunch of our accounts, the click-through rate went way up and we're kind of leaving it there. Some accounts we've moved back and we're doing more research and I invite everybody else to kind of think about this. And is it is it random about which ones are working better with Sniper versus Buckshot or is it is it really just ones with longer, with less intense consideration cycles? Yeah, uh, bottom line, I've, I'm doing research on that. So I've got to go through and now I'm, I'm running a bunch of segments on a bunch of different accounts. I'm always trying to figure out like how outbound marketing works, right? And so it's just it's like, this is the next layer of study under that is, okay, well, now I've got some accounts where it worked and didn't work. I'm going to look and see if I can find some, um, some, some indicators. When it comes to your reputation, spam scores, things like that, obviously the sniper method is going to trigger things a lot less. So here's why I would move someone, why we did move some people back. Because if everybody click-through rates went way up. And some accounts, the, the click-through rates were, were chronically low. So this just, this just fixed it. And we're just happy with that. But in all cases, the clicks went down a bit. So the, the issue is, look, if there's a, my belief so far, my suspicion is if there is a very fast repurchase cycle, that decrease in clicks is going to have an effect on repurchase rate because there's going to be more, more often a click is going to lead to a purchase. Whereas if there's just a lot more browsing that goes on over time, that the decrease in that click is going to have a less of an effect on repurchase right? Because it, there'll be, be multiple clicks required per repurchase. And so the, the, the calculation is, look, we, we brought our click-through rate up. It's now, it's now somewhere better. We look at the clicks. This is actually what we're going to talk about today is the, is the, the metrics funnel and how we, would, how we would decide if the downstream effect of that decrease in clicks uh, is net, net positive or net, net negative. And that's kind of what I, I brought today. It depends if you're pulling it forward, I guess. Yeah, how how do you how do you begin to figure? I, you know, I always feel like email marketing it's like a it's a quantum puzzle because you can put any kind of frame on it. You can't put any kind of frame, but there's all kinds of frames you can put on it when it comes yeah. to how you look at the data. So how are you thinking about this next uh, adventure? Good question. So so I got a couple things here to discuss. Um, before that, let me say that one of the main issues I've had in this role is just explaining to prospects who are coming in exactly what we do, right? Because an important point is here at the Pilot House team, we don't sell email. We sell customer retention and we use email for that, right? Email is like a hammer. Hammers don't build houses, carpenters build houses and they build houses using tools, right? So um, when we think about kind of uh, outbound retention, the way it's working is performance, persistence and reach. This is what I'm kind of explaining more to, to prospects as they come through. Performance, send a message today, get a result today. Persistence, send a year worth of impressions, serve a year worth of impressions and affect the repurchase rate or influence over that year. And then reach, which is cast the widest audience you possibly can, right? These, these, it's like a three-legged stool and that's what we're trying to balance over time. So let me ask you a little puzzle, a little riddle, okay? Maybe I've asked this before. I hope, hope I haven't. But um, when would a declining click-through rate be good? And when would an increasing click-through rate be bad? Hmm. Yeah, I, I would just go back to if you're artificially pulling 
people not interested in buying into clicking or something, right? When you don't have the intent behind the click, perhaps it might be bad because you're, you're, you you would have a click later that might have intent if you had let it mature more. That that's my guess. Yeah, look, I'll say that's that's in the that's going in the right direction. But in that case, you'd still be having a, a good click through rate, which would be improving your inboxing. But how about this? When you are doing the hard work of reaching way back and getting the hard to reach addresses from say nine months ago, a year ago, and getting them to repurchase, it's gonna bring your click-through rate down because those addresses do not readily click. They do not readily engage, right? And also, if you if you are just, oh, let's just send a bunch of emails to everyone, everything that's just coming in, they just came in through Facebook. Oh, let's just send them an email every day, <laughs> right? They're super engaged, super into the brand. They just discovered you. You're gonna get a ton of clicks. Your click-through rate's gonna go up. But ultimately, in this case, your revenue metrics will, will sorry, how your whole funnel works, your, how your P&L works, will, will be different in these two cases. So what I wanna to stress today is that the, I'm gonna give you three different metrics to think about to, to turn your, um, your email program into a customer retention program, right? Make sense? So um, we think about, in, on our team, at the end of the month, the first thing we look at is customer retention metrics. We don't get email metrics. We look at customer retention metrics, which is like how many people are buying again, and also how many stale leads did we convert? Let's say they came in the funnel, they subscribed, they didn't buy in the first month. The kind of the ad, the ads team did a great job bringing us a lead, but it didn't convert. So okay, it's a stale lead converting those. Right? That's kind of retained business. So that's the first thing we look at, not related to email channel. So and the second thing we look at is audience retention which is how many people have we got coming back? How many eyes do we have on this? Are we growing the number of eyes? Because when you grow the number of eyes, when you grow the number of people who are observing your impressions, you will grow your retained business. Yep. You will Consideration. grow your revenue. That's exactly right. Um, and then finally, the last thing we look at is the email channel. That's the last thing we look at. And as we just described in that little example, if you're looking at your email channel first, if that's what you're primary, primarily looking at, and you're just making your email metrics look better, you might be going after the wrong parts of your business and actually harming your business. That's why you need to look at these things in order. That's interesting. Here's the first super easy thing you can do. Super easy thing you can do, right? Go to Shopify. And in Shopify, make a, um, go to analysis, right? Make a report. In that report, you add, it's like, it's like um, sales over time, right? And look at sales over time, but add customer type and customer. So now you got your revenue, you got your customers, you got your customer type, which is first time or repeat, right? So, and from there you can make your, you, you've got your repeat business and you've got your, your repeat, the, can your repeat business rate, right? Repeat revenue divided by new revenue. And there you can look at that every month and say, okay, are we doing a good job of bringing back old money and getting it to buy again? Yeah. What's a benchmark? I know, I guess, no, no, ben, you probably can't give a benchmark. You've got to equivocate. But what's a benchmark for what you could expect from reviving old business? If you run that report, you, you'll, very common, you'll see it's like, you know, whatever, 25% or something like that. That's like, that's very common. But for what we do, often people come in and that number's like 15 and we'll turn it into 30, right? 15% 
turn it into 30%. A lot like, so it's, if you're not, if you're not doing this kind of right, like if you're not, if you're not yet thinking about your email channel as a customer retention channel, and you're just trying to get attributed click revenue by sending to the easy addresses and not really, not really moving the needle, just shifting things around Google Analytics. If that's what you're doing, this number, you can, this rate, you can 2x. It's very simple. And the important point is that changes the whole way your P&L works. Because all that happens without extra um, ad expense. And then you get all, all this revenue that flows through directly to free cash flow. Then you got a whole bunch of tax problems because you got all this cash flow, <laughs> right? It alters the way your P&L works when you, when you take that uh, retained revenue rate and double it without incurring ad cost. So that's, that's what you're trying to do. That's what, who cares about your click-through rate? That's what you're trying to do, right? Without harming your reputation to the point that you deaden your list, which is the other key part of it, right? Yes. So then we'll go, so then we'll go one step down now and you look at audience retention. So how do you know that you're moving in that right direction, right? Where you're, okay, I'm, I want to get this, I want to get more retained business. I want, you know, I want to have a retention channel. So look, here's the, again, dead easiest way to do it. Go to your GA, go to overview, and you're going to see a thing that's, it's like this, this big, total traffic and returning traffic, right? And just write down your total traffic and your returning traffic every month. So every month, write down your kind of new and retained revenue. Every month, write down your total and your returning traffic, make some rates, and watch those rates over time, right? So when that returning traffic is improving, you're going to see that translate into uh, improved uh, retained business over time. And then finally, third thing, you look at your email, SMS, loyalty, all these things feed into that because those are total, that's the, that's the whole pie. You're not breaking it down. It's not attributed in any way. So you look at all of your individual channels. And so, of course, you want your CTR to stay strong enough that you know you're not going to have an inboxing problem. But if you see that CTR going down and you see those other metrics improving, well, that's like taking one on the chin for, 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 for a good cause. And final point on this, when, when you look at those, those metrics, you're looking at two things. You're looking at your click-through rate and your clicks. You want your click-through rate, it's okay if your click-through rate goes down, if it's in a context of strong clicks, right? Um, strong relative to the segment, the, 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 of the liveliness of the segment in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's possible to have click-through rate go down and clicks go up. And, that would, and if that ever happens, that indicates, oh, you were definitely not in the inbox. And you've, and you've definitely kind of improved things. Alternately, you can see your click-through rate um, go up quite a bit and your clicks kind of stay pretty steady, maybe go down a bit, right? But you see these further downstream metrics, the audience, the audience that you're holding on to increase. Um, and that, that's an indication, yeah, well, we're, we, you know, if, if one person clicks 10 times, it's not necessarily as good as five people clicking two times. Right? So it's okay to see that drift down a bit if downstream you see the audience improving and further you see, um, of course, retained revenue improving. When it comes to these, these, these segments that are unengaged, you, know, you can't go ham on them, as you're saying, because you will you know, um, damage your sending reputation. How, how do you like, 
periodically, like how do you how do you think about approaching these unengaged but still mailable segments? Like how often are they getting reached? Yeah. So again, easiest easiest way to do this, right? Is just make sure you send to your max what, what you consider your maximum mailable list, which you watch over time. This is something you learn over time by testing. But whatever your maximum mailable list is, send it out once a month. Make sure you got your messages, you got what's going on, you look at your calendar, hopefully you got a calendar, right? And you go, this is, the, this is the money one. This is the best message we have this month. Okay, let's send it to the whole list, right? And that also lets you track over time your, your maximum monthly send size and see if your maximum monthly send size is improving, which is another way of measuring your audience, right? That kind of audience growth. There's multiple ways. I gave you one way, but obviously there's many ways you can do it. So bottom line, yeah, just easiest way. Make sure you send to your whole list, your whole possible list once a month, right? And maybe if you've got good messages, you can do it twice a month. You know, if, if, um, if you've got a really tough list, maybe it's once every six weeks. The issue with that is you don't get that nice monthly um, number that you compare with your, with your other monthly numbers. But this is the time you make your hay. You gotta you gotta be responsible mailers out there. So when it, I know we're already, I don't want to be the first to mention Black Friday Cyber Monday, but <laughs> when when that time of the year rolls around, you need to have that list primed, and you need to make sure that you're in the inbox. Absolutely, and and this like so now is the perfect time, of course, to be thinking about this. You want to have collected, and and so here's here's another way that we think about this, right? You figure out what your mailable list is. We've got our definition of mailable list. It's based on working with, with, you know, with all the different ISPs over time. But you figure out what your mailable list is, what you're comfortable messaging, and then you measure what you think your engaged list is. It might be 60, 90, 120 days, whatever, whatever it is for you, right? And that, there's a ratio there, and you want to track that rate. If that rate improves, right, if you're growing that engaged it's not just good, it's good to grow the engaged list, but you want to grow the engaged list as a rate of your mailable as well. If those, if those things are both growing and that rate's growing, wow, you're killing it. And you're heading into kind of um, the next, your next peak season in a really, really strong place. Uh, and I mean, you do that by, there's two inputs, like final comment here. There are two inputs into your kind of retention program that will improve all the things we discussed. Sending the right number of emails and sending better emails. And the right number, we've just discussed. If you watch this thing two or three times, some people, apparently people watch these a couple times. Watch it, write some notes down. You'll, you'll know how to figure out what the right number of messages are. And then just send better messages. And all of that will come. Love it. Easy. I want to, there's an exciting, um, offer actually that, that we're going to be chatting in the conclusion here, but I just have a personal question because we're actually right now, and I, you can, we'll cut this out if you don't have anything to say about it, but I'm interested. We're on this, on the D2C side, we're sending a lot, right? We're sending our three times a week. We're sending the occasional sales email. We're sending um, our other uh, property, the daily CTA, five days a week. If you're not subscribed to that, you should go subscribe to that right now. And we're actually right now just assessing whether or not to move to a dedicated IP. And I was wondering if you have any experience with, the, I don't know if this is actually that relevant for the e-commerce audience because I don't know that many e-commerce brands that have dedicated IPs because you're probably not mailing it every day like you kind of need to be. But any any commentary on dedicated IPs and their value? Tons. So before, before coming here to Pilot House, I was always working on a dedicated IP and a dedicated domain. That was just totally normal. And the, the, the weird adjustment was moving to a situation where um, 
where you were on these kind of uh, shared shared IPs. And shared so there's IP actually, teams, interestingly, yeah. there's two things that go on. I was thinking about this before this call, actually. There's two things that, that go on. One, when you're on a shared IP, you're competing with other people on those IPs. There's like, the, Clavio has a stack of three different layers and you compete to get on the better tiers and, and you compete through engagement. You want to have good, good click-through rates, good open rates. Open rates are garbage now anyway, but they're still somehow indicative. And then, of course, ISPs, now they're looking at, you know, a shared IP that they score things off of. But like, look, these guys are smart. Of course, they look at your reply to address. They see your domain in there. So they can still obviously rank you. I mean, I guarantee Gmail is ranking you not only off your shared IP, but off of the do- off of your reply to domain. Of course they are. So, um, so you actually, on a shared IP, it's interesting because you have two different kind of people to appease. You have, you have two different kind of gatekeepers. It's, it's a little bit interesting and there's a lot, uh, whereas if you're on a, on a dedicated, it's all you. And everything you, you do, you know, it's it, you're you're speaking directly to the to the ISP. You don't have anyone else kind of influencing what's happening with with the ISP. That's really good. I, d- I don't know exactly where the threshold is for this. Um, I know there is a threshold when you're sending through Clavio, where um, where you're sending through a shared IP, where above a certain number of uh, of messages in a send, it starts to deteriorate. Uh, you know, and you, and if you were on a dedicated IP, you would be getting better results. So, for instance, like if your average send for certain, if your average send was like two hundred thousand addresses, I'm sure you'd get better results on on um, a dedicated IP versus a Clavio IP. I don't know where that threshold is. I've never I've never done that swap to figure it out. Have you guys thought through that? We're honestly just going through it today, and and I, we won't get into the, too much of the nitty gritty. But the issue for us is that is the platform we're using doesn't have a very good hybrid situation. They would they've just told us that they would transfer us over in one fell swoop, which would be which would potentially wreck our business because we other systems we've heard of that uh, you warm it up over time, where you take your most engaged audience and you warm up your dedicated IP and you send the overflow to the shared IP pool while you ramp up. But the platform we're using has told us they have they would just do it in one fell swoop and they'll and we. We just paused it because if they did that and we started, if we tried to send our nearly 200,000 person list, it would, would just, it would wreck it. Like, and I'm, I just don't understand it. Anyways, I'm, I'm gripe. I don't gripe on this podcast much, but uh, I'm griping that the solution that they have proposed for switching us over to a dedicated IP might like destroy the newsletter business. So we're going to be pausing that project, dear listeners. Yeah. Yeah. A couple comments. One, it's interesting that I picked 200,000 because that's happens to be what you guys are at. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, so first of all, my, I'm certain you'd be better off on, mm-hmm. on a dedicated IP. But the warm-up, like when I warm up a new IP, I start by sending to 5,000 people. <laughs> right? That's yeah. my first send. And it, it does ramp. But it, and it starts yeah. ramping pretty quick. But like uh, that's, and that is like from 200,000 to 5,000, that's the kind of drop you, you have to make. Yeah, that wouldn't cut it for our advertisers, I don't think. Sorry, guys. Your contract says we'll send it to our whole list, but but uh, yeah, it's, I, the, all this the email stuff is so interesting, and there's this like, and and I love your perspective on it, where you telescope down from like the metrics, the video game metrics you see on the platform to looking at it as a tool in your broader business, and then that changes again when you have literally a newsletter business where you've got you do have products, but you're really selling the eyeballs and the engagement. So, anyways, we'll figure it out. The reason we went with our original partner uh, on these. ESP was that we had heard that Morning Brew had been with them and had switched to do a dedicated IP. So I'm sure we'll figure it out 
um, there's a little insight on the uh, the D2C newsletter business. But let's talk about the next point because this was actually one of the biggest successes of the podcast was when we had Jacob on and we talked about the pilot program. We talked about this this group of, of brands out there who need help, uh, but maybe are, you know, they're a smaller team than than might be required by a full relationship uh, with Pilot House. So, so they created the pilot program and it's uh, where where people can get on paid social buying at, uh, you know, at a, at a lower commitment, working with a smaller team, uh, a team of ninjas. Uh, it sounds like you've put something together like this uh, for retention email SMS. Can you describe it? We have, yeah. So uh, it's the launch pad where we offer performance for less. When I first came here, the goal was, okay, offer, like take the stuff I was doing for really, really big companies and boil it down to its most simplest form, right? And import it across accounts, you know, uh, at kind of an affordable price for for an SMB. And then after that worked, the the companies came to me and said, okay, well, you know, now do it for even less, (laughs) right? Boil it down even more to its essence. Take the stuff that's just kind of, take it out. Um, so, uh, it has the, the launch pad has a, it's like a lower touch streamlined process. So, you know, the kind of like less meetings, um, look, one of our biggest costs, when you look at through what's costing us, one of the biggest costs is like two weeks later, getting close to the message going out and like, Oh, what, what's the, what's the URL? Where's this link? Yep. You know, it's kind of like this, you yep. know what I mean? Let's that scramble. stuff is a huge yeah. cost. Yeah. It's a huge cost. And, and if you're just, if it's, if everything's just kind of like, the um, representative is just like typing something in a, in a meeting like this. Th- that's kind of where that happens. So in in the launchpad, th- there is a form, and so we ask you to go enter the vital information for for the camp, for the um, promotion, and it gets written directly to the ticket. And we've kind of just taken out this stuff that's that's not what's driving results. You know, what's driving results is the templates. We've we've kind of built great templates that just work. Um, you know, the segmentation, you're using the same segmentation on the launch pad as we use for people who are sending, you know, hundreds of thousands of messages, you know, that, that kind of, uh, so the, yeah, the content and the right number of messages, like I discussed, those things boil down to their essence and everything else streamlined. Uh, you know, you can come for, for a couple thousand dollars a month, uh, get kind of really, 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 really high quality representation. So thank you for bringing it up. Uh, we're really happy with it and we've got some clients and uh, we're, we're ready for more. It's exciting. Yeah, it turned into some really great relationships uh, with Rux on the on the pilot pro- program side. So I'm really interested if there's anyone in our audience uh, out there listening wants some help on email and retention. I think it's a great opportunity to work with, uh, work with this team. I, you mentioned something about it where part of it is that the 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 control of the frequency is under to talk about the yeah, how, how you, how yeah, you yeah. think about frequency with the with the launch pad so one of the things that i'm interested in doing is i had said performance persistence and reach and i we even just discussed a moment ago understanding how on different accounts the waiting the waiting between performance and persistence in driving results and I, in my years, have never seen a real proper scientific study on that. I've never seen someone come to the market and say, oh, well, we study this. Uh, and so it's always like, it's always managing the metrics, like I discussed, right? Um, so I want to do, uh, in 2023, uh, a, a deal with some people who come to the launch pad. We'll give them a great price. And the difference is, rather than the number of messages over the course of six months, 
it's for three months, more messages, for three months, less messages, equals the same number, so it's the same deal. But there's a change in, in frequency uh, halfway through your contract. So we'll give you a good price. The thing about it is um, having that frequency change and kind of give change that frequency for your business. So it's appropriate for a small business who, you know, anything is better. Like if, like if you're watching this out there in audience land and you say, oh my God, any of the things they just discussed would be a massive step up for me, I'd love to study your account. I'd, I'd love to improve your business. And while we're, while we're doing it, if I can get half a dozen people to do this and, and do a study, I would love to publish results to the DTC community and say, you know, here's, here's our findings on, on what drives long-term results. Very cool. It's on. It's on. If you're listening. <laughs> I guess it's on now. It's, if, if you're listening and you want to be part of a study, I want, I want to use you for data and, uh, and also will certainly improve your business and you'll get a great price on the launchpad. Unbelievable. You probably get to come on the podcast too. That's the other thing. We'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a rocket seat podcast. We have so many brands that we've got the pilot project. We've got the launch. I love it. More awesome brands to help all the brands out there in the audience. Uh, go to pilothouse.co and uh, fill out a lead form. Mention this podcast. Mention launch operation launchpad and uh, we'll get this thing going. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not getting the D2C newsletter, you can subscribe for free at directtoconsumer.co. And if you want to learn more about Pilot House's all-killer, no-filler services, take off to pilothouse.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.